You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's going on, people? Welcome to the post-game number crunch. As usual, I'm your host, Jake Painting, creator of the House and Grouse Timberwolves newsletter, and this podcast is proudly brought to you by Canis Hoopus and SB Nation. As always, I'd like to give you any sort of nudge in the direction of House and Grouse. You've heard me ramble about it before, but I'll just quickly say that for $3 a month, you can get all of the player ratings, X's and O's breakdowns, and long-form articles or videos that your Timberwolves heart desires. Head over to houseandrowse.substack.com or just click in the show notes below, which is probably easier. Today, however, the real purpose is to talk about another Wolves win, and outside of a Darius Garland molten lava eruption... That's seven of the last eight quarters of Timberwolves basketball that has looked really crisp and really cohesive and really, really fun. Of course, because it is the Timberwolves, there was a tiny little wobble at the end of the third quarter and the start of the fourth quarter, but they straightened out the ship this night and ended up cruising past the Orlando Magic with a 126-108 win. I mean, man, there was plenty of things to talk about in this one. Obviously, Anthony Edwards had one of his trademark world-shaking boomlets. Carl Anthony Towns had what I personally thought was his best game of the season. Rudy Gobert really just is seeming to fit in perfectly of late, and that was true again tonight. And Kyle Anderson and Jordan McLaughlin were just exceptional energy pieces off the bench that really added to the brilliance that was this night as a whole. And I want to focus on those final two names that I reeled off there. The starters and the team trends as a whole have gotten enough love and enough hate of recent times. But Anderson and J-Mac deserve some airtime. And that's why this episode's number is... 20.6. As in the 20.6 net rating in the 70 minutes that Anderson and McLaughlin have shared the floor together this season... And really, I just want to use that number as an anchor point, which is what I do a lot in this show, because that's really not the number that stands out the most. I'm going to go through a bunch of just crazy positive numbers here for those two guys. But that 70 minutes is still worth noting. 70 minutes together is a pretty small sample size, but it's not nothing. And clearly, this team runs a lot more smoothly when those two are on the court together. But it's not just about when they share the floor together as. Kyle Anderson and Jordan McLaughlin, it's about the numbers that sprout forth when those guys are on the court with the players that Minnesota would consider foundational pieces to their roster. So let's dive into that a little bit more after a little ad break. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so as I said before the break, it's not just about Jordan McLaughlin and Kyle Anderson as individual entities. It's about what they do to the other guys around them when they are on the floor and the numbers that that come forward when they are on the floor with all of the Timberwolves, but especially the guys who are the core of this roster. So we'll start with Carl Anthony Towns, who is obviously the biggest piece to this roster, especially money-wise. He's the biggest piece of this roster, and he was... Brilliant in this game against Orlando. I really thought that Cat had one of his best nights, as I said earlier, of the season, if not the best night of the season. But overall, on this season as a whole, Minnesota have a minus eight net rating when Towns is on the court and Jordan McLaughlin and Slomo are off the court. When both of those guys join Towns on the floor, that number skyrockets to plus 38.1. So we're talking about almost a 40-point per 100 possession swing in a positive direction. That's really good, man. It's really, like, that is almost unbelievable when you when you put it in words like that. And then the same thing goes for Anthony Edwards. The Wolves hold a minus 5.3 net rating when Ant is on the court without that pair of bench energizers. And they hold a plus 28.2 net rating when all three of them play together. Again, it's another 33 point per 100 possession swing. Rudy Gobert, minus 4.1 net rating without McLaughlin and Anderson, plus 26.5 with them. I mean, even if you want to include Jaden McDaniels in this conversation as somebody who seems like he's going to be here for the long haul and is probably going to be in a high minute role, the story is the same. Minus 8.3 net rating without J-Mac and Slomo on the court, plus 16.7 net rating with all three. I mean, fuck it, you can go the whole hog and this shit is still almost hard to believe. In any of the 127 possessions in any lineup that has included both Anderson and McLaughlin this season, the Wolves are scoring 132.3 points per 100 possessions, that ranks in the 100th percentile league-wide, and they are allowing 110.6 points per 100 possessions, which ranks in the 71st percentile league-wide, giving them a plus 21.7 net rating, 99th percentile league-wide. Oftentimes, I think you can bend and mold stats to kind of cement any point that you want, but this one seems pretty inarguable. These two, specifically bring the most out of every single foundational piece that Minnesota has on their roster and every single player that Minnesota has on their roster. And they do that, I think, because they are not only fantastic players in their own right, 
but they have Chris Finch's coaching DNA kind of coursing through their playing veins. They play with pace, but not too much pace where it starts to get sloppy and unorganized. They collapse the defense by puncturing past the point of attack defender and getting to the free throw line or that floater range inside the paint. But they do so with their first instinct being to swing the ball to open shooters. I don't think we see that enough from guys like Anthony Edwards or even from guys like D'Angelo Russell or Rudy Gobert or Carl Anthony Towns. And I think above all, Anderson and McLaughlin play smart positional defense. And included in their defense is they are the kind of guys that force turnovers. And as we know, live ball turnovers lead to easy transition buckets, lead to quick offense, lead to attacking a defense that isn't yet set. And that is probably the most beneficial form of offense that there is in the entire league. And I mean, you've seen you've seen it. Anderson is clicking really well with this team right now after struggling with the back spasms and recovery of those back spasms for a few games. And McLaughlin, well, like, he's always been the kind of high-impact, low-minute guy that he is right now since he broke into the Wolves roster, what was it, three or four seasons ago. And I just think right now with all the chemistry building and the players seeking to learn each other's tendency and each other's rhythm, it's so important to have these naturally high IQ players who just fit naturally with any scheme and fit naturally with any player. It just feels like Anderson and McLaughlin are the epitome of that archetype of dude. Leaders and winners really is what they are. And and those leaders and winners don't have to be the best players on your team. I know that we've spoken about before that I think the best players on this team need to become better leaders and better winners. But having those guys as bench pieces or as rotational pieces is super important as well. For me, at least, it's it's no surprise to see both of those guys having exceptional nights in the past two games where Minnesota have probably looked the best that they've looked all season. Anderson was great against Orlando again tonight. McLaughlin had four steals, all really important ones, really thrived in the chaos that was that game. And both of them were very good against Cleveland Cavaliers as well. So I just think that's unsurprising that they are having those kind of nights and that Minnesota are building 20-point leads in the first half and really running away with games. I know they didn't run away with the with the Cavs game, but getting into a position where they can run away with the game I don't think it's all down to those guys, but when you look at those numbers, man, like those numbers suggest that when they are on the floor together and they are playing with good players alongside them who can take the burden off them because Kyle Anderson and Jordan McLaughlin aren't the kind of guys who are going to win you games individually because they don't have a superstar skill set. They don't even have a star's skill set. They are just perfect complementary pieces. And when you put really high talent guys alongside them like Ant, like D'Lo, like Cat, like Jaden McDaniels, like Rudy Gobert, then you get the most out of those complementary guys and they start to get the most out of the stars. It's kind of a symbiotic relationship. I don't think this roster is constructed in a way where either of them are going to get any immediate minute boosts past maybe the 15 to 25 that they play most nights. But man, those short burst minutes are becoming the times where this team can really start to put their foot on the neck of an opposition and really start to dominate games 
when they're playing with blended bench lineups along with those star guys that I just mentioned. So hopefully this is not just a small sample size fad. I mean, at the moment, everything is pretty much small sample size, especially when you're talking about bench players. But it, it, it really is something to keep a, to monitor going forward that these two specifically, Anderson and McLaughlin, are becoming real barometers for this team's success and real metronomes for this team in terms of keeping their their beats going and their 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 rhythm clicking along. So again, hopefully it's not a small small sample size fad. Either way, I'll be here to talk about it. I hope you will be too.